Hartley calls me up on what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. Calm down, Greg, it's soccer. It's soccer. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. Welcome back to the Plus Money Podcast. We are days away from the return of the English Premier League, and it is time to talk futures. I'm Andrew Passaro. Welcome back to the best soccer betting podcast in 15 minutes or less. It's great to be back. The summer is not over, but it feels like it's over because we've got football on Friday. For those watching on YouTube, you can see the categories right over here on your right. These are the futures that we're going to be betting on for this season. Uh, If you're not watching on YouTube, I just want to let you know every episode will be on YouTube this season, and it's going to go on the YouTube first. So if you're looking for the bets as early as possible, get subscribed on YouTube at the Plus Money Pod. Please go subscribe, rate, review, all the other fun stuff. It's 2023. You guys know what to do for YouTube. Uh, But we are still on the normal platforms in terms of Spotify, Apple, uh, all the podcast platforms as well. But make sure you're following Twitter and Instagram at the Plus Money Pod. We'll have all the picks up in there, and uh, as you guys know, you can always get at us and uh, ask, you know, for what our latest plays are. You can follow me, at Andrew Passaro, and let's get into it. Uh, We've got, you know, we are days away from an opening weekend, and we will have a pod later this week with plays for those games. Uh, We've got a tasty Chelsea-Liverpool to open up the season. Hopefully, we actually get some goals. It's been over 400 minutes or something like that without goals in that one but we're going to start with a team to make the top four and that would be newcastle they are plus 155 right now on FanDuel. as always shop around for any of these you can always probably find different lines in terms of the books i use FanDuel head plus 155 that's what i'll be riding with they've had a great summer transfer window you add tonali at defensive midfield one of the best young defensive midfielders uh, in the world, you add Harvey Barnes as a winger with EPL experience, and you add Livermento, the right back, the talented young right back from Southampton via the Chelsea Academy. The only major loss was Alan Saint-Maximin, but he was one of those players who just didn't always have the finishing product. And when you look at the numbers, is he going to be a player that Newcastle really miss, especially with adding Harvey Barnes and Isak can play over on the left? I love what they've done. They're going to have to deal with Champions League, so you might be sweating this one out come the end of the year. But you've got ambitious owners. They might not be done adding players. They could still make a move in the January window. So uh, we'll start with Newcastle. And to miss the top four, I will say, um, I'm not super confident about this one. There's a little bias, as you can tell by the jersey I'm wearing. It'll be Manchester United minus 135. Um, the number's not great here. So if you don't want to take this one with me, and I, once again, I got that at FanDuel. If you don't want to take this one with me, I won't hold it against you. Uh, here's my here's my thinking, all right? Yes, they added Mason Mount, and they get a new goalkeeper. They go get Onana, which they absolutely needed a new goalkeeper because De Gea just didn't fit the style of play they're trying to use. But Onana is a great signing. You add Mason Mount, who I don't think was a, an exact need for the style of play that they're they're trying to play in midfield. I rate Mason Mount. This isn't an indictment on Mason Mount, but I just I don't see how there's balance in a midfield with Mason Mount and Bruno Fernandez and then Casemiro. I, I think that is a team that can be torn up a little bit. But my, my question is two places. It's, it's the defense. They're supposedly trying to get rid of Harry Maguire, which is a good thing, but are they going to bring in another defender? And then it's up top. They add Hoyland, uh, the youngster, who's 20 years old. He's only made 87 first-team appearances so far in his young career, and only 34 of them were at Atalanta. So 
That's not a ton of first team football. He's 20 years old. It's a pretty high number of a transfer fee over 60 million. He's a, a he's a goal scoring machine. I'm not going to debate that, but is he ready for the Premier League? We've seen them go and sign a, a fun young attacking strikers. Look at Anthony Martial. They've got other options who can play out on the left and the right, so that's going to let Jaden Sancho play down the middle at times, but I just have questions about are they going to score enough goals? That was one of their major issues last year, and I'm kind of surprised they went this route. I understand that the market for Ramos was a lot, and uh, there were other players who were available that were just crazy numbers. Not They don't want to pay over $100 million for Harry Kane. I get that. Like I said, I still have questions. That's why I, I think Man United do miss out on the Champions League. And additionally, they're going to have Champions League games to deal with this year, and they need to, uh, you know, continue to do well in domestic cups. So how do they balance the schedule? Let's go to make the top six. We've got Aston Villa at plus 200 over on DraftKings. They had a hipster's wet dream of a window when they added Yuri Tielemans. You add Diaby from Leverkusen and Pau Torres from Villarreal, who has, I believe, worked with Unai Emery. Um, and this is a guy who is just trying to show everyone how good of a manager he is. A lot of people remember watching his Arsenal sides and they didn't get things over the line. When he took over the Aston Villa team, they went on quite the run. They shot up the table, had the table live adjusted, then they would have been the second best EPL team. You add three really nice pieces. They didn't lose anyone major. Uh, this is just another great window for Villa. They're going to be ambitious. They are going to be in Europa Conference League, so that could get in the way of this. But I still think this is a really talented team. And at plus 200, I love that number. There's another team who did finish sixth last year. Brighton also, uh, you can get this at plus 200 on DraftKings. Um, another great window. Their scouts are fantastic. Their sporting director, what they do, the business they do is excellent. They still haven't sold Caicedo as of me taping this on Sunday. But this number could go up. If they do, in fact, sell Caicedo, they get Jao Pedro, very talented striker. You bring in DeHood and Milner, two midfielders who have European experience. And now they bring in Kudus from Ajax, who's linked with Liverpool, with Chelsea, other top clubs. He is a really young player who can play as an eight, as a 10, as a winger. I think he's the perfect replacement for Alex McAllister, who ended up at Liverpool. They seem to always do smart business, and they did it again this summer without, again, they lost McAllister. They might lose Caicedo, but they've added really, really well. All right, let's go to miss the top six. And the team that's trying to get Caicedo, that would be Chelsea, plus 155 to miss the top six over on FanDuel. Look, this is nothing personal to the Chelsea fans watching it, um, but this is a younger side. They are going to be one of the youngest EPL teams with a new manager. They're going to be playing a new formation. And as of now, they haven't found the perfect partner next to Enzo Fernandez in midfield. They want to play a 4-2-3-1, and Enzo Fernandez being there uh, in in the, the base of that midfield, that's exactly where you want him. But they need somebody to stay home and be the anchor. And they're trying to get Caicedo. They may still try to get in the Romeo Lavia sweepstakes that Liverpool are involved in. Uh, but until they fix that hole, I think that's a big piece. And they have youngsters on this team who could play in that role. But again, they're like the 18-year-old Andre Santos, and that's why I have questions. So Chelsea at plus 155. I think they finish seventh. I think they make European competition. They don't have to deal with Europe this year. That's a big factor. But I still just think that this team is going to have highs and lows. It's not going to be uh, – it's going to be a fun season at Stamford Bridge, but it's not exactly going to be glory days Chelsea, in my opinion. 
Let's go to bottom 10 finish, and we'll go to one of uh, Chelsea's crosstown rivals. We'll go to Tottenham. That's plus 500 right now on FanDuel for Tottenham to finish in the bottom 10. This number may stay. This may go down. This is pretty much a gamble on the sheer fact that they could lose Harry Kane in the next couple days. Bayern are incredibly interested, and there's an offer on the table of over $100 million for a guy who's in the last year of his contract. That's 30 years old. And Tottenham need to do a total rebuild. I don't understand how you don't add. I don't understand how you don't take the deal. You get the money and you reinvest in this squad. They've got a new manager who's going to come in with a different style of play and different formation. And they don't exactly have all of the pieces yet. Now, they won't be dealing with European competition, but if they do sell Harry Kane, where are the goals coming from? Hinman Son had a down year last season, and Richarlison has one goal in the EPL for Tottenham. I've never been convinced that he's good as people say he is. He had some decent years over at Everton, but they weren't exactly playing front foot football with him. So, uh, I don't I don't think he's that I don't think he's a guy who's going to come in and replace Harry Kane's 30 goals, it personally. So that's that. Uh, let's jump to top 10 finish. I got a couple here. Brentford at plus 200 over on DraftKings. I know what you're going to tell me. Ivan Tony suspended for a while. I get that. This is still a well-managed team. They've done good. They always do good business. They have other strikers on the squad. I expect them to get off to a slow start, which I which then implies that maybe don't take this one now. Maybe wait till they get off to that slow start because once he comes back, they will score goals. And I still think that they will sneak up the EPL table. Uh, the other one, Burnley at plus 470 over on FanDuel. I will say this is not your older brother's Route 1, Sean Dyche, hoof it, Burnley. Uh, this is a younger team that company's building, but they do have a tough start. You've got City, Aston Villa, Spurs, at Forest, Man United, at Newcastle, at Brentford, and at Bournemouth. They had a game week two scheduled for at Luton, which would have been a fun early Releg, you know, relegation six-pointer, per se, that got scrapped because Luton are still struggling to get construction done for their stadium as they play their first season ever of Premier League football. Um, so this number could skyrocket if they get off to a slow start. So maybe half a unit, quarter of a unit on, on Burnley plus 470 now and then reinvest at a full unit if they get off to that slow start, like I expect them to, but we'll see. Shout out to uh, Joe in Baltimore for that one. He's been telling me that all summer, that that's his future, uh, that his, that's his favorite future going into this season. Winner without Manchester City. I love this prop. I think this is such a great one. It, not all the books have it. Right now, DraftKings has it. And there's two that are like Arsenal are plus 160. Uh, here's the thing. Arsenal should win the league. You go get Declan Rice. You go get Urien Timber. They add Kai Havertz. You still have all the depth. They didn't end up selling their defensive midfielder. They didn't end up <clears throat> they didn't end up selling Thomas Partey. So far, he could still go, but you have the perfect depth in midfield. They have depth everywhere. If they don't finish second to City, at a minimum, this is a failure. They should go far in the Champions League. They should be competing for trophies this season. Uh they have all the pieces. It's put up or shut up time. They spent an obscene amount of money again this summer. Newcastle plus 700 also on DraftKings. Just a team that exceeded expectations last season could very easily exceed expectations again. Uh, they have ambitious owners. They're not necessarily done adding pieces. So uh, they could add another one in January. Be on, you know, be on the lookout for that. 
Let's go to relegation. There's two teams uh, that have really good numbers. And frankly, neither of them have done enough in the transfer market. And both of them struggled last season. That's Everton at plus 300 on DraftKings and Wolves at plus 275 on DraftKings. Everton have really only added Dan Juma and Ashley Young. Wolves are in financial fair play trouble. They lost Ruben Neves. They lost Jimenez. They really haven't gone and made a new signing. The one signing that they did make was a player who was on loan with an obligation to buy last year. So I think both of them struggle. And I think one or both of them go down. Uh, I, Everton, I've been I've been betting on Everton to go down the last the last year as well. I think we got the number pretty high, and it was close. But I don't know how long Sean Dyche is going to be able to keep this team up. To finish bottom, I've got Sheffield United at plus three hundred on DraftKings. They've really only added a couple players. I think Luton are going to have like one of those cheeky magical runs where like watch them tie Manchester City or probably honestly Liverpool because of who we are as a club. But I don't expect Luton to do well. I don't expect Sheffield to do well, but Sheffield's plus 300 to finish bottom. And I just love the story of Luton. So I'm going to I'm going to roll the dice here. Plus 300 on Sheffield. We had some interesting prop bets in FanDuel and DraftKings this year between total shots, total assists, and goal totals. So I want to whip through a couple that I like before we go to my two European props and we close up the show. Thank you guys again for watching, for listening. It's uh, it's great to be back. It was a very slow summer with, uh, with everything. So total shots. Mind you, you didn't see me give out a golden boot prediction. I'm not going to. Erling Holland should absolutely slam home another golden boot will probably break his own record for goals scored in the premier league once again but these two props i like i don't know when they could hit but i really like them holland to have 60 plus epl shots on target at plus 150 and 65 epl shots on target at plus 340 both available over on fanduel my thing about both of these if you think he's gonna get 30 goals that's 30 something shots on target right there the dude's good for about two shots on target per EPL game. You know he's going to have multiple games of hat tricks. I think the math adds up that 60 or 65 maybe gets hit two-thirds of the way through the season. So it's just too good of a number to not throw something on it. Total assists, most a lot, 10-plus EPL assists. That's at plus 110. He's done this in four out of his six EPL seasons, and he was absolutely feeding Darwin Nunez. Cody Gakpo and Diogo Jota during Liverpool preseason. Mind you, he is going to miss a few games because of the African Cup of Nations. That is something to keep in mind. But I still think he gets this number, and I think he gets it easily. I think Mo Salah is on a revenge season after everything that happened last year with Liverpool struggling and missing the top four. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Liverpool's new vice captain, uh, 12 plus EPL assists is plus 120 on FanDuel. He's done that in three out of his last five EPL seasons. And exactly what I was just saying about revenge season, I think Trent will go put up some assists. He only had nine last year, but he really struggled for the first two-thirds of the season, frankly, until that Easter game when he got slid into midfield against Arsenal. He struggled, so I think that's one to watch as well. Goal totals. All of these available over on DraftKings. Some of these are plus. Some of these are minus. Luis Diaz over seven and a half goals, plus 110. Luis Diaz struggled a lot last season for Liverpool from the sole factor that he missed a good chunk of the season injured. He's been great in preseason, scored an absolute banger against Bayern, hopefully comes into the season on good form, 
and in good health. I think if he's healthy, he's going to be in double-digit goals easily. This one should probably cash for you in about March, uh, and which is the same thing I'm about to say about Diogo Jota, over 7.5 goals. Once he got going for Liverpool, he scored a bunch of goals towards the end of the season, over 7.5 at minus 125. This one could hit in October, realistically, hopefully. Uh, we'll jump to an Arsenal player, Declan Rice, over 4.5, plus 110. This one might be a little trickier, but Declan Rice is good off of a set piece here and there. And Arsenal should be scoring goals in bunches. I do expect him to get involved. Maybe kind of have a Rodri-esque impact from the base of midfield. Kind of, you know how he likes to just throw a boot at one. I think Declan Rice should have the ability to do the same. Jack Relish. Oh, I'm sorry. Declan Rice over 4.5 plus 110, by the way. Jack Relish over 7.5 goals as plus 100 on DraftKings. They lost Riyad Mahrez. They lost Gundogan. They're going to score goals. Where are they going to come from? Jack Rila should do it. I think this could get done by December, personally. I was a big deter- big hater of, of Jack Relish's, and he proved me wrong a lot last year. And this year, I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm, I'm going to roll the dice on him a little bit. Uh, Miguel Almiron over 5.5 goals, minus 110 for Newcastle. Not sure how much he's going to play, but he still features in this team quite regularly. Over five and a half goals is minus 110. Again, this one could you could be waiting all season for, or it could be done in October. He's one of those players who goes on a little bit of a streak here and there. So hopefully he gets off to a hot start and scores a bunch of goals, and this one cashes early. That wraps it up for EPL props. Let's go to Europe. There's only two that I really like. We'll start in Italy. AC Milan plus 550 to win Serie A. Look. They lost their captain in Sandro Tonali, a player who wanted to be at AC Milan for life. I understand people being upset about that. But what they've done with those funds has been incredibly smart business. You had Pulisic, who's probably going to play as, as the 10. You had Yunus Musa, who's going to take that spot in midfield. Uh, Chiquese, who can play on the right, who's a really talented winger from Villarreal. Reinders, who came from AZ in, in the Netherlands. They had a really good... Uh, European campaign last year. Okafor, who's supposed to be this young hotshot striker. You still have Liao on the left. You still have Teo Hernandez. They still have so many other good pieces. This is still a team that just won a Serie A title a couple seasons ago, and they still have their coach. When I look at the other teams that are in front of them in terms of favorites for Italy, Inter lost Dzeko. They lost Lukaku. So questions about who's going to be the partner up top for Latoro Martinez. They're plus 200. Napoli didn't lose any. They lost Kim and Jay, which is a big piece. But more importantly, they lost their manager in Spalletti, who was the heart and soul of that team. And I don't trust Rudy Garcia to take over for that. And then Juventus, Juve are a mess. They might finish top four. I think they're a good shot for top four, especially with no European campaign. But I don't think they're ready to challenge for the title. And I think Milan are, especially with all these pieces that they just add. And I didn't even mention Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who just adds a ton of experience from all those seasons with Chelsea, if you can get them on the field. So a plus 550, that's the only number I'm really comfortable playing for a Serie A championship, especially when I think it's going to be tight up at the top. So I'm going to take the highest number for a team that has done good business. Assuming everybody gets settled, Milan should be able to do it. Champions League. I If you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on TikTok, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been telling you to jump on Real Madrid plus 900 over on FanDuel. They added Bellingham. They probably have the greatest midfield depth in the world right now with Modric, Cruz, Chuameni, Kamavinga, 
Valverde, Bellingham, and they still got a couple of the other Spanish guys. Oh, yeah, they brought back Brahim Diaz from AC Milan. You still have Vinicius. You still have Rodrigo. Their defense, yeah, there's a couple couple guys that I could make some complaints about, but they might get Mbappe. I am very confident that they're going to get Mbappe, and I, like I've been saying all over the place, this number at plus 900 is going to come crashing down. It's probably going to be in the plus 200 range. Like I think I'm pretty sure Manchester City are plus 195 to repeat as Champions League winners. I think this Real Madrid team gets it done. They know how to win the Champions League. And regardless if they get Mbappe or not, they are Real Madrid. They win this competition all the time. And they've been winning it all the time, especially of late. So that is going to wrap it up from us. Like I said, this is a little longer one. We'll be back with shorter episodes as we get into uh, get into the picks. Very excited to be back for another season. Thank you guys for watching, for listening. Make sure to follow at Andrew Pissarro, at the Plus Money Pod. Best of luck this season. It's good to be back.